into a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find some Hello and welcome to the cool room it's your host david griffiths here joining you for another one of our midweek specials uh in the not too far distant future we're gonna have a yarn with damien petty from untapped but before we do that my fellow co-hosts and afternoon friends with sun beaming through the ceiling windows of Travis's house and the more conventional windows of Warren Wu's house. Um, welcome, gentlemen. Good Tuesday afternoon to you. Oh, thanks, David. Yes, it's, uh, it is pretty nice outside. It's, um, if only we could be at a pub. Mm, that'd be nice. Well, we can be in a children's playground now, at least. At least those of us that don't have restraining orders that you know prevent such things <laughs> i was and i know i feel like i'm gonna get totally off track but i was saying this earlier like if you yeah, want about, to, about yeah, the restraining orders about restraining you, orders where you are <laughs> and aren't allowed to go no i was more thinking that you can't go to a park and just hang out with a couple of mates and have a couple of beers but um utilize the children and uh you can catch up with as many people as you want I don't think we're actually actively encouraging that. No, no, we're I don't think we're. And, and the I'd, fact that, um, that kids who haven't got to go on a swing in eight weeks are now had to go out and do so. I'm pretty sure you're right, Trav. There'll be people that do it, but I reckon, I don't I know. I drove it's... past Yarraville Gardens on the way into work yesterday at 11am, and I can tell you now, there was coffee dates aplenty. There were people. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm well, sure. No, it's... yeah, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'm it's, sure. It's... At least half of them took the wrong kid home. Like there was that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just every all the significant singles with their significant bubbles or whatever the rules are around those sorts of things. Yeah, th um, those rules are weird though. Like, it's it's a very odd dilemma. Uh, can we all just all move to regional Victoria and just go back to normal? I think the rules about that are fairly clear as well, mate. Yeah, I think yeah. It feels like you've you've changed your stance on these things massively. Over actually, you know, I actually probably have changed my stance on things a bit. Um, can you tell that I'm a bit over being locked down? It's it's gotten to me. It's I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I've I was thinking about it the other day. I'm kind of enjoying a little bit being locked down. Like there's a little bit like I like going out for a beer. I like seeing my mates. There's all all those things that I'm missing. But yeah, the part of me is like, well, I've. I think I'm using this time sort of constructively. I've kind of, yeah, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of pluses. I think that oh, and that's... Get. I'm sure. Yeah. Trav, I'm sure you're not saying it's the end of the world, but, but, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's occasionally, and I'm sure you've got the same mindset at points where you just sit back and just go, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> this is working from home. Like I'm as, as you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get up 10 minutes before you have to go to work. It's not bad. Yeah, I even had a Zoom meeting the other day where I sat down and had a beer in the afternoon midway through the sales meeting. It was great. <laughs> it was fine. It was. And how is productivity of your organisation going? It's going well. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's no events on. That no one needs any stages at the moment, but we're doing okay. <laughs> Although, having said that, Melbourne is the only state for our company where uh, the other, like all the other states, have gone back to pretty much full time hours now. It's um, yeah, and and you know we're talking about Perth and Adelaide actually having events over summer, whereas Victoria is not going to have nothing. And I feel like now that Queensland have got the AFL Grand Final, Perth's going to make an example of the rest of the country and go, well, look what we can do. We can still hold music festivals and drink beer in outdoor areas, and 
It's going to be very interesting come summertime. Uh, Speaking of which, David, the Royal Mail. Oh, yeah. I have no music festivals planned. Oh. No, no, I was more thinking along the lines of the drinking beer scenario um, and all the talk of, uh, of putting outdoor areas in that. How do you put... Have you thought this through? How do you put more tables outside to accommodate outdoor... What um, they call alfresco dining? Probably with great difficulty is the answer, given that we've already got some outdoor tables. Um, being able to put any more in won't be particularly easy, but we will work uh, cooperatively with council to try and see what we can do to, to maximise that number. Um, I can't imagine they're going to be big on shutting down Spencer Street. You wouldn't think so. Um, but maybe it's pretty quiet. Street, which is the side, the side street, there might be some, some possibilities there, but it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great idea and whatever can be done to sort of, you know. My, uh, my company are working closely at the moment with two Melbourne city councils uh, to put the, like, utilising street car parking. So where there's, where there's car parks out the front of a venue, uh, doing away with those car parks and putting platforms in place to allow for more space for tables and, and standing room yep. and that sort of thing. Um, I probably can't name the two cancels, but it's looking, you know, they're, they're probably the first two cancels in Melbourne, apart from the CBD that have really sort of grabbed it by the horns and are, and are running with it. We, I mean, we're looking at, we're probably going to get a, a, a ton of work out of it just by putting these platforms in car parks. It's going to be quite impressive. So, and there's streets around Melbourne that are already looking at, completely closing down um they're talking about closing down pier street in altona uh to traffic just so they can put you know extra platforms with seating areas and out the front of the bars and the restaurants along mm. there so it's going to be a very very different world when we all emerge from lockdown i think it's one of those things that for, if you've got a place like one of those it'll work in your favor um and if you don't it'll probably be close to the final straw that it just means that no yeah. one will come yeah. to you if you're yep. not in one of those streets where the party is. Mm. So that's the real danger, I think, of, of how it works. If there's not a bit of genuine sort of planning and thought go into how all of that fits together. It's, um, it's a tricky one to get right. It is. It is. And there's areas around Melbourne where there's, there's streets where there's bars and pubs where you can't actually do it because of trams. So hmm. something we've been speaking closely on at work on how you sort of combat, you know, you might not have street car parking at the front of your venue, but there's a tram line. You can't block the tram line to put out extra, extra seating yep. and tables and that sort of yep. thing. So there's going to be some really sort of big logistic things going on and ah, the joys. Yeah. But even before that, we've got some fun things coming up in sort of podcast land and things to, to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. We're... And uh, just thing, exciting thing, uh, me speak English good. Um, <laughs> the, Royal Mail's, uh, the Royal Mail's kitchen back open. Hold on. Did we talk about this last week? Have we? We may have touched on it very briefly, I think, last week. But yes, the, uh, the kitchen's now reopened for takeaways. So that's, uh, that's an exciting development. The hours are sort of chopping and changing each week. So just check out our social medias to see precisely what they are. But usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the moment for takeaway meals. So if you're hanging out for all those sort of pub favourites, now's the time to um, 
get in and get around those. So good to have a good to have a Palmer again. Yeah, totally. The, the kind of thing you don't really, that's delicious, but you don't really want to cook at home. I quite often cook palmers at home, David. I haven't done it for a while, but it is something I've... Oh, you must love cleaning, you must love cleaning cheese off things. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> we've, got that and we've got a few, what have we got? We've got the good people of Urbanaut on the podcast this week. And then... Mm. A cashier the week after that, and um, and then Weinstefan. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Pretty much the first thing I'm going to do when we finish up here is do the uh, do the Facebook event page for that. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, um, the Weinstefan page will be up. There'll be a uh, a box of ten different Weinstefan beers for delivery with a free Stein included, and. Oh. Um, reasonably limited numbers of those so get around it do we have you have you had a you might have to cut this travis i've just realized but have you had a sneaky look at the brew dates of the of the beers that have been delivered on i get this i get the impression they would be very very fresh uh yes i haven't had a sneaky look at the dates but i know that at the moment we've only got half of the deliveries because they're still half wending their way through the quarantine systems and so forth so uh they'll all be sort of the brand newest of the new wow yeah that's that's nice i'm not sure we do have to cut that warren i think that's a pretty no i just there might have just been a small chance that that yeah. you know uh, the the beer world as it is and the world as it is that perhaps it wasn't perfect, but it sounds like that's going to be terrific. Yeah, I, I know that on the on the reverse side of that is that I haven't been able to get a whole lot of Weinstefan into the uh, into the fridges of late. So because there hasn't been any in the country, so yeah, this yeah, is very yeah. much what they're bringing out in readiness for Oktoberfest. And um, awesome. I can't wait to see how you two guys dress up for that episode because I, I think was, we're going to have a, a, a dress up actually, episode. There were two oh. things that just popped in my head. Then one, can I make sure I get a Stein to add to my collection of because you know. That's what you need in your house. To put next to your other stein, and then it really is a collection. I mean, you know. But the other thing that went through my head was, um, I do wonder, do we need to dress up for this? I think, yeah. we, I think we need to dress up for this one. Uh, give me an excuse to get out of the dressing gown that I've been wearing for the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that the, I'm not sure costume shops are an, are an essential business. <laughs> <laughs> no, but given you know, given I'm getting jigsaws delivered still, you know, I'm sure that you know. You could get something worked out. No, um, I, it comes speak, a jigsaw. Speaking <laughs> of stuff delivered, do you know um, IKEA? Uh, when you know how how when you're on hold, do you get a person saying oh, you are currently on hold and you your your call is important to us? They've got a girl with a Swedish accent <laughs> as their on call announcer, their on hold announcer. Ah, uh, well, that sounds appropriate to me. That's a yeah, yeah German, Sweden, whatever. <laughs> Well, he's, well <laughs> it, it sounds appropriate for Ikea, is really what I was saying. <laughs> and I should throw in as well, given, given that this podcast was originally about the trials and tribulations of running a, um, a hospitality venue's cooling systems, um, when we turned on the fridges to run the kitchen last weekend, another uh, one of them wasn't working anymore. So I'm oh. now the proud recipient of a, another fridge on its way out the next couple of days. So, Jeez. If you wanted a um, if you wanted a reason to visit your local pub, I think this is going to be a very common story out of people who've had things turned off for yeah. 
six mm. or nine months or whatever it is now. Um, quite genuinely, there's going to be a whole lot of um, machines that just don't work the way they did when they were turned off previously. Yeah. We've, we've yeah. hit that wall a couple of times. Um, so get out there and, um, and support your local businesses as they deal with their cooling problems. Unless, of course, you run a refrigeration, you know, uh, business, in which case I imagine you're lying down in a pile of $50 notes, just, you know, making $50 note angels or whatever it is that <laughs> I've never had enough of them to worry about, but I'm sure you can do something fun if you have a lot of $50 notes. Yes. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting time for, for certain tradesmen coming out of this lockdown. Plumbers, I think are also going to, like plumbers yeah, they're are going to get a lot run. of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plumbers, yep. sparkies. Yep. Oh, why didn't I? Does <laughs> anyone else have an engineering now, degree? Why didn't I just? Are you all? Are you all sitting the same thing going through your head that I'm going? Where we're all in the wrong businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From the oh, moment yeah. I walked onto the university grounds, it was pretty obvious that you know. I it was, I, yeah. It's I could I I drink like a university student but that doesn't come in any handy when you don't have a call out fee for you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea that you might walk into a pub though and demand that your call out fee be paid to you before you start drinking yeah, totally it. how about um how about like classic greek history call out fee <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I oh i can't even begin Jeez. I could say them. I mean, you know, if you walked in and said that, I reckon most bartenders would know that they're onto a pretty good thing. And that if your fallout fee was 50 bucks, I reckon they know they're going to make it back off you. Okay. Before you yeah. it's like, it would get yeah. back in the till pretty quickly. Well, that's the thing, even even with hospitality background, and you get a little, a few kickbacks when, when you go out and you have dinner and you know the people running the operation. Um, and you might get a discount, but all you end up doing is just spending more money. Yeah, that's it's, it. Yep. Yeah, that's a. That's, when it all comes down to it, you, you've gone out with a budget, and come hell or high water, no matter how much other stuff they throw at you, you're gonna spend what you decide to spend. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, as you guys are aware, I used to work at a particular cinema here in Melbourne, and they've got a bar attached to the cinema, and they used to give the staff a discount at the bar. Uh, and the only reason really they did that is after everyone shift, rather than going to another bar in the area, you would stay in the bar at the cinema drinking a shit ton of beer and they'd make a killing off you. <laughs> An absolute fortune. There was, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was Hubcap. Yeah, in Richmond. It was on Church Street. Just a bar yeah, that was in an old, uh, I think it was old mechanics garage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was once sitting in there just having a couple of beers early afternoon and the owner was sitting there uh, telling up everyone's, the, the bartender, I'm sure, I'm assuming it was a bartender's bar tabs. Cause he was like, he was saying like, you know, Tom, 120 bucks, uh, Alex, you know, $90. Oh, Pete's not getting paid this week. <laughs> Sam's not getting paid this week. <laughs> it was... You think, yeah, that's a way. That's a way to do bar jobs. <laughs> that's a way to run bar. Well, particularly for dehydrated kitchen staff, it's like you know they yeah. come out and the, the first couple don't really touch the sides. So no, you know. no. 
there's a there's a pub in South Melbourne that we uh, my work sometimes gives stages to for when they used to have live bands and that sort of thing. So we'd work out how much it would cost the, for the the hiring of the stage, take away the labour and stuff, and then we'd go to them. This is the figure, and then they'd create a bar tab for us, and we'd go in there and we would just drink, 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 drink. Mm. And then we'd bring them in up a responsible way. and go, hey, do you guys need a stage this weekend? Because we knew the bar tab had run out. <laughs> <laughs> and we did that for years. Like it was that is pretty good. Hey, um, so I'm drinking, I'm as we're as we're recording this, I'm drinking uh I'm drinking um Moondog's Ogden Nash Pashrash. Uh does anyone know why it's called Ogden Nash's Pashrash? Because, because of Ogden Nash's poetry. Yeah, oh, well, that's why I was wondering. Because who the hell would... Really? That's that's what they've... It just seems... I believe so. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the way the story goes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. And I... I yeah. There we go. That's that's what that's why university degree will get you. Curiosity about the naming of beers. Not a call-out fee. <laughs> um, the Ogden Nash's... My favourite Ogden Nash... Uh, Palm, and this this probably yeah, you could have given us a heads up that we we're going to go over into this, but sure, yeah, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> Since when does does going off track ever ever stop us? Um, I just the feel cow like I'm is because I don't have a favourite Ogden Nash poem. Well, I I only know one because it's really short. Like we, uh, it's it's really short. So the cow is of the bovine ilk, one end moo, the other end milk. <laughs> This is the, like, <laughs> how could you not? Um, so, yeah, I've just always wondered why that is, have they got a whole bunch of brewers who are, who are former um, English literary uh, students? I think they've always had a lot of time on their hands. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think particularly given that with the, for the first time around when they made this beer, which for people who are not familiar with it, uh, who might be listening overseas, uh, how did, we're not allowed to say the name of the lolly that it's derived from, but a raspberry lolly that now that made by Allens that is now being renamed. And um, I think the first time around they had to unwrap 5,000 of these lollies and put them in the <laughs> fermenter. So imagine if you're unwrapping 5,000 lollies or candies to put them into a fermenter. You have a bit of time to think about the name for it. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Our 128. Well, I suppose we better start to think about a name for this thing then. <laughs> it's too true. It's too true. Which I'm, um, I'm still not even sure that story's true because I'm sure they could have gone to Alan's lollies and say, "Hey, can you just give us a bunch of this lolly?" I don't think I don't think Alan's lollies would agree to it. Yeah, oh, Chris. Okay, yeah. yeah, Chris Bond, their 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 man on the street, gave us the inside words. Yeah. They do now, though. I think they do now. Hey, which yeah. is. I feel yeah. like maybe we had this conversation at some point in time, but and yeah. we're gonna have a bunch of listeners that listen maybe overseas that are going, Oh, what's the name of that lolly? Yeah. Mm. Do they know maybe they sure For our American listeners, it's named after Washington Washington NFL team. Yeah. Former Washington NFL Former team. Washington Yes. Well, um, on that note, <laughs> on that note, we have a great yarn with Damien from Untapped to uh, to listen to. 
why don't we merge this little bit of the conversation over into that little bit of the conversation and say, please rate and review us wherever you find our podcasts and um, make sure you jump on our social media and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to find out what we're up to and join us live in one of the Zoom rooms for the online Meet the Brewers on a Thursday night Australian time. Yes. Hey, Cool Roamers, have a listen to Hamish from Etzmet Brewing. He's got a special message for us. Hi, everyone. We're Hamish and Caroline from Etzmet Brewing. And tonight we're going to introduce to you Nimbus Hazy IPA, which is the first release in our cloud series. So our plan with this series is to have a new release approximately quarterly. You can see here we've got a couple of examples of what our future releases will be. So with Nimbus, we've used a combination of US and New Zealand hops. We've used, amongst others, Eldorado and Taiheke. So Eldorado and Taiheke bring real pineapple, orange notes to complement the tropical fruits. So with future releases, we will be playing with different hop combinations and uh, trying to bring different flavour profiles out of those hops. Um, so yeah, we hope you enjoy this one and look forward to bringing new ones to you in the future. Cheers. Cheers. Don't forget to check us out at Cool Room Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and check out the Shopify store for all your tasting packs for upcoming events and events that have been in the past. Now on to Damien from Untapped. And now we're joined in the cool room by Mr. Damien Petty, who is a uh, moderator for Untapped. Damien, welcome into the cool room. How are you, my friend? Thank you very much. I'm doing pretty well. L very much a long-time listener and friend of the podcast and various organisations. Absolutely. First-time caller. Yes, yes. First-time, long-time. <laughs> I think you may have snuck in a question or two on one of the previous Meet the Brewers ones, but yes. now I'm... Mm. So, look, let's let's cut straight to the chase and let's get on with things. We're here to talk about the fact that Untapped are having their 10th anniversary, which is a big number in terms of online and virtual organisations. Um, plenty are just doing two or three years. 10 for Untapped is a pretty awesome effort. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's been surprising that it's still, as it is, uh, a lot of companies have changed and formed and you know, migrated into other things, but it's still stayed, like it's core values and everything has still stayed the same. The name's stayed the same. The branding has stayed the same. Uh, the people have expanded, obviously, but still stayed the same. Um, so it's, I think it's really great. And perhaps just at the start, we should ask, you know, what is it that you do with Untapped and how long have you, how long have you been doing it? Or uh, so how I'm long a, have you been doing things with them, full stop? I'm a volunteer moderator. So um, it's all for the love. Uh, I have a regular day job. I don't, <laughs> I don't work in hospitality and I don't work in the, the beer and brewing industry. Um, so it's my way of giving back uh, to something that I, you know, I spend a lot of time doing. I spend a lot of time untapping. Uh, <laughs> so in terms of what we do, it's maintaining, mostly maintaining the integrity of the database. So the accuracy of the beers that you see, making sure that, uh, they're named correctly, spelled correctly. Uh, the ABV is correct if there's information for the IBU um, labels. Uh, sometimes people upload the wrong labels and descriptions. 
um, and also merging a lot of duplicates because people when you've probably all done it, I've done it myself, you three sheets and you can't find a beer and you type it in and you spell it wrong or you whatever. And um, so that happens a lot. Um, and also if, um, thankfully this doesn't happen very often, if people upload inappropriate photos, we just flag them and remove them and get in contact with the person and ask them politely. How many times has it happened? I've only ever seen a few that have been flagged by other, other people. Um, I've never seen any on my friends list that have uploaded anything. Um, things have, what's been deemed inappropriate has changed in 10 years. Um, so you, you can imagine, you know, things have, um, with the Me Too movement a lot, you know, just people have been taking pictures of bar girls, you know, standing facing the other way and say, look, it's technically not rude, but you shouldn't be doing it. Not appropriate. So, yeah, just, you know, keeping people honest. That, that's good. It's um, good to have moderators on social networking sites that do that sort of thing, unlike other social networking sites that don't really do it. So, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been a member of uh, Untapped since um, about four or five weeks after it started back in 2010. Wow. wow. So, um, mm. I only came across it by accident. It wasn't deliberate. Um, I wasn't into craft beer. My first check-in was a Han Super Dry, which... I was going to ask this question until you've come yep, straight Yep. Uh, so um, that was all I drank back then. And my friends used to offer me a pale ale, you know, just a little creatures. And I'd say, oh, no, I can't drink that. So Untapped is what got me into craft beer. Um, and, you know, the journey from there is just, you know, the people I've met around the world. It's just been unbelievable. It's been a great journey. It's funny you say that, but I joined in 2014 and my first beer, just checking this last night, was um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So I feel like, you know, like I, and then I think the um, founders all day. So, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with my first couple of posts. Yeah, definitely. Four years after you joined very much admittedly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was started by Greg and Tim. Um, they were app developers and programmers going back a while. So Greg was based in New York and Tim was based in LA. Um, so they were working on Untapped through 2010 and released it to the public on October 22nd, 2010. So that's when the official 10th anniversary is coming up in October 22. So I, I thought I'd check when I joined and I joined in 2015 and David, mm -hmm. my first beer that I put on Untapped was the Bridge Road Brewers Enigma Pilsner. Nice. All right, oh, nice one. Uh, and I was at Cinema Nova at the time. What a shock. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I, and I hadn't actually thought about it when I actually joined. But yeah, that's, that's an innings ago. So it's good. It's a very fair beer to be lining up as your first one, though. Big about Are you on Untapped, Warren? I, I, I do have an account, but I'm not particularly good at... There, there's a there's a wine one as well, which we won't mention because we won't take the the wind out of the untapped sales today. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I love the idea of it. I think it's brilliant. And if you can get into it, and I think if you build up a few friends, it's really, uh, it's a lot easier to stay yeah. connected and kind of compare and do those sort of things. But yeah, for me, uh, I've got, I've got an account. It sits there. There's probably, I've, I've probably only, 
oh, I can't even remember what my first one would have been. Probably nothing too exciting. But um, you can look it up while we while we. Chat. All right. Yeah. Let me let me let me use my time. You can look it up way. while 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 I ask Damien. I mean, I was thinking of you the other day, mate, when I got the five new batch beers and had those, and we had a little taste along on a Saturday afternoon with with those ones. A, a brewery's like Batch who churn out a new beer with a new barcode and a new name every week or sometimes three or four a week. Adding to your workload, can I put it that way, mate? How, does, how has that sort of yeah. changed over time? Some breweries are magnificent in their social media presence and, and untapped. Um, before the beer is even released, they'll have the beer added, uh, the, uh, the label added, the description and everything there. And others just don't really seem to take it up. And that's not a slight on them. Some of them just don't have the resources. Um, and they, you know, some people, some breweries are pretty small operations. And, you know, some of them just aren't tech savvy. So it's not high on their priority list. So they prefer just to get the word out through, you know, word of mouth and, you know, just on Facebook really. Um, so it's some, as um, we've probably discussed before in, in previous one, the. Um, some breweries reuse uh, barcodes. So um, if a new barcode is, is used, uh, if, like on the day of release, if you go to scan it in, it'll say, oh, this isn't recognised. So one of the things we can do is I can add a barcode in. It does take uh, about a day for that to replicate. So sometimes if I buy a brand new beer, I'll scan it in, even if I'm not drinking it that day, just so everyone else can scan mm. it and get the right one. Because um, a couple of breweries have released, uh, what do you call it, a series of beers with um, the same name but different hops, and the can colours have been similar. And you scan it, and the old one comes up, and people see the, the the series name in big letters and the beer name with the hop letters in small letters. And you know, unless you're a nerd like us, they're you know, beer nerd. Sorry, they some people just don't. You know, it's not obvious, so they'll just scan, scan into what they see, but it's the wrong one. So, um, you know, it can be tedious. We can change a check-in to a different beer, um, but we tend not to do that too much unless it's glaringly obviously wrong. And obviously, this was an excuse for me to go back and flick through some of my highest-rated beers. Mm -hmm. I. I've, I've written down which were my lowest and which were my highest. We might get onto the lowest later on if I'm feeling particularly negative, but mate, many of the highest, many of the ones that I've given five out of five to, yep. I reckon are beers that you and I have sat down and had together, whether it was back in the Mr. Griffiths days or yes. in times since. Um, um, yep, definitely Pliny the Elder. And, absolutely. Um, There's a couple of um, bourbon counties in there. Yep, yep, a couple of the barley wines and the earlier stouts. Um, yeah, so I had a, a quick look and I've tallied up um, about 130 different beers that I've given a five to. Um, oh, are there any particular patterns in there, being being the data person that you are? Uh, mostly big stouts and barley yep. wines um, and crazy IPAs. Um, but, you know, if you look back, um, so as an uh, untapped supporter, which I'll go into again in a minute, um, yep. you can export your data to a spreadsheet or you know an Excel file and um, manipulate all the data there, so you can sort and you know do all your fields and um, sorting by there. So that's how I did that one. And I looked at you know being a user for nearly ten years, some of the beers that I gave a five to six, seven, eight, nine years ago, 
I think, oh, gee, I don't think I'd give that a five now if I was to have it now. Were there any particular examples of that? Just, um, again, not to knock the beer, but our palates change and, you know, yeah, probably, life moves on. I remember the Samuel Smith Organic Pale. I used to absolutely love that. And I had yeah. one not that long ago and I thought, oh, gee, I don't know. So, um, but I've, I mean, this is me personally. I don't go back and change ratings now based on what I think of it now. I leave it as based on what I thought at the time. Yep. Um, which, you know, that's generally what I thought. So, um, but considering the amount of check-ins I have, I think that's not a lot of fives that I've given. How many check-ins do you oh, have? Yeah, I was about uh, to. Uh, unique beers, I'm approaching 8,000. Um, so that, that 8, does include... 8,000? Yeah, that does include tasters, which some people think is cheating. Um, it's all it's all subjective. So um, I, I still include tasters because when I go travelling, um, I love to, you know, if I hit up a brewery or a bar, I like to try as many as I can instead of just having a pint of one or two beers. So, um, you know, I like to remember what I've liked in case I go back or recommend to other people and, you know, when you have discussions with people, it's like, oh, yeah, I went here and I had this and I had this and I had this. And so it's, it's it also opens up more discussion, I think. Absolutely. And your suitcase when you come back from America or somewhere like that is a thing to behold. Yeah. So I went to, uh, I went to the Great American Beer Festival in Denver last year. Um, so I met up with Greg from Untapped and a few of the team and just hung around with them for a bit at, at uh, GABF. And Greg is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I can, I can honestly say that. Um, and his passion for untapped and his work ethic is second to none. So he's, he's always there. Um, yeah, but um, after Denver, I went to New York and um, Portland, Oregon and LA. So I brought home, I think it was about 50, 52 beers. Um, so I did, did, actually, I did, what, what was in your suitcase when you left Australia might be the more pertinent you know uh, I took a lot of Australian beers over to share as well nice, um, nice. so yeah I took um, oh, what did I take some a um, couple of B2 bombers um, so I, um, I, I like to take a bit of varieties um, and I also like to try and keep it local to me so local for me is Pop Nation and Bonehead and um, so I always take some of them yep. and love Boat Rocker. So um, took some Ramjet. That always goes down well. Yeah, nice. Um, same with Europe when I went to Europe last year as well. So I took took the same local flavour um, and just for, I guess, the, the popularity's sake, I took the Bolter XPA because it had won the Gab's Hottest 100 a couple of times. And so this is the, the vote for the, you know, this is the vote for the most popular beer um, of course it's all subjective and they you know they always said oh, oh no we prefer this one or this one and so um but it's always interesting a couple of b2 bombers and a bottle of ramjet that's a that's a good night out yeah um <laughs> that's oh, i can't even remember what that's else a, i took that's a lose your weekend yeah. kind of night out yeah, it is. um i think i took a took a phoenix as well mm. um so those of you that know me know that that's probably my favourite beer of all time from Hargroves Hill. Have you had the 2020? Uh, I've had this year's one is the 2019. So 2019, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So if we actually had uh, that when that was released. I've got all the previous 
vintages, we were going to have a vertical and then we got locked down again, unfortunately. So they're still waiting. Um, yep. So, you know, so the first one's 10 years old, so I don't think that's going to go off in the next couple of months. Have you, how, have you got any beers in your wish list? Do you have a, do you use the wish list on the app? Um, I'm not really, to be honest. I look at, sometimes look at the top 50 rated beers on the world. Um, so you can sort by top rated beers for, you know, even your local location or um, top rated breweries. So quite often I'll just look at the top rated beers and, you know, they're kind of on my wish list without actually adding it to my wish list, if, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. I'm saying they're all beers that people talk about. Um, but I was actually lucky enough to have the highest rated beer on Untapped, uh, which still is at the time. That's the King J -J -J Julius. Oh, so, yeah. Um, that's pretty nice. <laughs> did you just give it a, a pretty nice? Is that what did you, uh, what did you give that, it out of the five? Was, that was one of my fives. Um, so yeah, that was uh, took a lot of effort to get it here, and it was still really fresh earlier this year. So nice. Um, yeah, one of my um, one of my friends secured it. So um, yeah, that was yeah pretty good. Warren, did you track down what when you joined and what your first beer was? I don't know if I've got the right account because this yeah this account yeah this one has no, nothing on it. So I'm assuming that. Yeah, You've after all that, at some after stage all the at three o'clock on Saturday morning. Yeah, I don't, that's funny. I'm I'm sure I put something in it because I really love the idea. But yeah, there we go. That's that's how terrible I am at keeping up with uh, with um, sharing what I've drank. Yeah. I, I need you to prove yeah. your point. That's that's the main thing. So. <laughs> I mean, you were saying that sort of it's it's changed over the ten years. What changes have you seen in Untapped? Well, when that the first time. came out, uh, you couldn't take a picture and when it was brand new and they fixed this one pretty quickly, you couldn't even give a beer a rating. Uh, so the first implementation of that was full number rating. So one, two, three, four, five. And then after a while they gave in and made it halves. And then, you know, a while after that, they made it quarters. And now for untapped supporters, you can do 0.1 incrementals which people have been screaming about. So you can uh, purchase an untapped supporter account for 50 US a year. Um, so what do you get for that other than the being able to add the point ones, which um, attracts can, me, but I'm not sure whether I'd pay 50 US for that. So tell me what yeah, else. I know, you I know. So you, you do get an untapped supporter badge, um, which is yep. it's nothing physical, but you get to um, check your statistics more. Um, so you can export your data to a spreadsheet and you can run even within the app you can run a little report and say you know the trending beers or you know the beers that i've had in the last seven days or 14 days and sort them out and do all kind of nice graphs and um so it is a, a neat little feature um as a data nerd that does appeal i've got to say yes yes so damien you mentioned about the number of check-ins you've had there yes. before how many badges you got uh badges i think it's a bit over Five thousand. Um, <laughs> how, how many badges are on the app? Uh, well, most badges go to level hundred. Uh, I've got five thousand and seventy-two badges. So some of those include a level hundred, which they it's counted as a hundred badges. Right. Yep. 
that's a that's a good innings. That's that's impressive. That's, yeah, that's that's impressive. The Who designs the badges? Is there a little team of people, or the yeah, moderators suggest things? Or so if you if you've been if you look at some of the original legacy badges, the um, the colouring and the design is kind of brown and yellow and very simple. And um, in the last couple of years, they've made them a lot more colourful and a lot more vibrant. So there's been a, a change of direction with that, and they've got a, a dedicated team that do all that sort of stuff. Um, but also one of the um, I think one of the best features uh, in recent memory, it's only a few years old, has been the barcode scanning. Yeah. Which is makes life so much easier when you're out, um, not if you're having a tap beer, obviously, but when you, you know, you, you're at a bar and, or you're at a takeaway shop and you want to, you know, check some beers. And because half the, half the battle with me is, if, oh, have I had this before? And, you know, if oh, I had this six years ago and I liked it or I didn't like it. So, um, you know, some people say, well, I'd, I'd like to buy a beer knowing that the general rating is okay and it's not rubbish. Uh, otherwise, I might not buy it. But some people say, oh, I don't like to be influenced before I buy a beer. I like to just taste it and make my own mind up. So there's you know, pros and cons of, of which way to go. Yeah. How many moderators are, are there out there? Do you know how many moderators? I, or how many I do. Um, I'm not sure if I'm really supposed to say. Um, oh, yeah. Fair enough. There's, I know of four active in Australia and one in New Zealand. Um, America has a lot, so you can if you can try and work it out that way. So, um, yeah. Is there moderator meetings? Do you like? Is, is there been a moderator party or conference? Uh, there was. We had one last week. Um, oh, yeah. So it was Greg was announcing some of the stuff for the Untapped 10th anniversary um, coming up. So um, he said they want to do it a lot more often than what they have been. But um, being based on the east coast of America, I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning to join which, yeah, on a weekday. <laughs> and working from home, I don't normally get up until 10 minutes before I start work at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, uh, it's better, a good philosophy. be that's... based on the east coast of the US at the moment than the west coast, though, so. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. Um, but, you know, since we've all been in lockdown, um, they've made the untapped at home venue. I'm not sure if you've used mm. that or seen that. So um, they released some statistics at the start of September and that was from the 1st of April. So the top city being checked in isn't what you thought it might be. Uh, it's actually London. Is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. Like I have, Yeah. I would have said... Um, Picked probably half a dozen cities in America above that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and, I, yeah. I reckon where it comes to mind is is mates in London. A whole bunch of mates in London use it, and that's where I probably first downloaded it. So yeah, yep. yeah. And um, forty thousand unique beers by thirty-eight thousand breweries from one hundred and eighty-seven countries and eight hundred and twenty thousand unique users in that time. Wow. wow. A lot of unique users as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know how many people have checked in in Melbourne during that time using that one? I mean, and, uh, I, we didn't get a mention. They only had the top twenty, and we weren't close. So, oh well, Melbourne it gives you something to aim for. Yeah, Melbourne. I know. Well, everyone's got to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> I just drink, drink socially, and so you've got another one to the tally there. So yeah, no, we've, we've always got to say drink socially and drink responsibly. So it's not absolutely a, yep. not a competition. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you mentioned there the 10th anniversary. What other things can you tell us have planned for 10th anniversary celebrations? Yep, so there was an announcement last week. Um, Dogfish Head have come up with a recipe for a fairly basic sour beer that um, they, they've shared the recipe and they want breweries around the world to register. Um, so the website for that is untapped.com forward slash 10 as in one zero. Mm-hmm. And all the information you need is there. Um, so the, the recipe is there and the idea behind it is um, buying the ingredients to make the beer from within 100 k's of the physical location of your brewery and also paying market rate. And if you want to donate any proceeds from that, that's totally up to you. Um, but it's along the lines of the altogether beer that came out that was, um, you know, the same same beer. But this one's a bit more open to interpretation because it is a just a, a basic sour they want the, the base beer to be the same but anything you do um you know to make it sour and the ingredients on top of that is you know open to your locale because obviously um you know different things are available in at different times of year and different seasons so yeah um, just a way to, way to celebrate so that was i think that was sam's idea sam from dogfish head so um i actually had the, the pleasure of bumping into him at gabf last year he's a great character that's a that's a great idea. That's hmm. a really fun idea. I really hmm. like that. Yeah. So we're hoping that some of the American beers will um, be released. But at the time, I checked um, just before recording. I think two two breweries from Australia have registered. Um, Nomad and I'm not sure how to pronounce this one exactly, but Tumut River, Tumut River. Yeah, Tumut River. Tumut yeah. River. Yeah. Um, so 48 breweries have registered in from 30 regions in 12 countries at the moment so we'd expect that to go up and how much longer have they got to register is there a time limit on this i don't think it's specifically limited or a cutoff by the 10th anniversary birthday i think it's just going to be you know this year because i mean it's getting closer and closer so some places might not be able to have it ready in time just to be able to release by the birthday but you know onwards is good um, I'll certainly check in with our friends from Nomad to see if they're going to have it because there might well be yeah. um, some friends of it. So given yep. that they've appeared a few times with us. I'm already um, hitting up a couple of friends in America to see if they can send one, you know, one or two of their local ones out, but it will be hideously expensive. The um, And the re- recipe looks pretty... See, I just decided to check it out. Uh yeah, it's a couple like about 50-50 wheat malt and two-row. That's the grist. Some local some local fruit, yep. whatever hops you like that will meet the IBU, which is nine or nine to fifteen. Yeah, pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty. You know, um, eleven to twelve Plato. Great. You know, yeah. four and a half to five and a half ABV. Yeah, pretty tasty. Yep. Quite basic sour yeah not they, um they can put their stamp on i really like that idea nothing to take the enamel off your teeth and something you could <laughs> you could drink yeah. a lot of people could drink it'd be fun to have a six pack of them you know mixed you know it'd be fun six, to be in oh, portland yeah. or in yeah. you know places like that where you could get a really interesting six pack of beers from the same recipe obviously as you say it's pretty open-ended but just to see what different people did with it so yes, all our melbourne breweries out there that are listening need to get onto this and make this happen Definitely. It would be great to have a couple of points of comparison. We might even hit up Tumut to see what they've done out of it. Yeah. Well, hopefully they release them online. So 
um, people like us can order them. So, um, so I haven't really seen much from Tumut before. Uh, David, we can have a uh, Thursday night virtual meet the brewer session with uh, six different versions of the beer. Well, only if there's six other, only if there's six other or four other breweries that do it. So yeah. the call is yeah. out there. <laughs> Get onto it, guys. <laughs> Now, we were going to ask Damien, as, as you know, as a long-time listener, you know, normally we ask people what's the strangest, you know, thing they've seen in a cool room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the question for you is, you know, what's the, what's the strangest thing you've seen on Untapped, whether it's a, a comment or a rating, you know, a rating for a beer that you just think is completely outrageous, given your knowledge of it? Um, or, or do you want to tell us what's the, some of your lowest rated beers? You, I'm, I'm happy to share mine. but Yeah, well, I haven't been into many cool rooms. So I, yeah, I can't do the strangest thing in the cool room. Um, I can tell you about the strangest beer I've had. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, and I think it would hopefully most likely trump just about anyone else out there. <laughs> um, so a couple of years ago, I went to Iceland with Paul. And have I told you about this one before? I think, I think we chatted when you came back from yeah. Iceland, but certainly you haven't told the podcast. No, listeners, yeah, so exactly. So we've, we found a, a brewery um, that was probably an hour or so or a couple of hours drive out of Reykjavik north. And um, it looks like it's just on a farm. Basically there is nothing there. And the beer is made from smoked whale testicle, smoked, smoked <laughs> with sheep dung. And I think I asked the first time around, but I'm tempted, I just you know, tempted to ask again, you know, are you sure that this isn't just something they do for tourists just yeah, to sort of like, like see what they bear. can get away with? Uh, well, Iceland have a, have a rich tradition of doing weird meats and eating weird parts of the animal that we don't, and, and some of the seafood, and that does include some whale meat that I think, um, and it's not for me to judge because I certainly wouldn't be um, advocating that. Um, but I think they're allowed to do a small amount for their festivals to, to keep some of their heritage going and you know, things like that is just part of it. So, um, and the reason why they use sheep dung to smoke or dried, dried sheep dung is because there just isn't any trees. So yep. yeah. you can't burn them because they're basically every tree is, it would be almost heritage listed, you know? I reckon that's probably the weirdest beer I've ever heard of, but I feel like if you had left out the word Iceland, it would have been so much weirder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, but as for, for comments, n- nothing really actually springs to mind. I follow a couple of really interesting users. Um, yeah. I don't think I want to dob them in publicly, but um, so, yeah, a lot of the things you you wouldn't say to your mum. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but some of them are absolutely hilarious and, and not really a lot to do with beer. They just get a topic and relate it to something else. But, um, and every every time you see them, they... That, you know, it makes you laugh. Um, yeah, you've touched on a couple of the fives. Yep. What's the lowest score? Have you ever actually given a zero? Because I reckon my lowest is about 1.5, which is probably indicative of the fact that when I really dislike a beer, I just have no desire to, t- to talk about it or do anything much else with it. So That's pretty low, David. It is. I've, had, I've got three 1.5s. You want to tell us what the beer was? I've got three. Three 1.5s. Three 1.5s. Wow. Um, and it's always worth adding that, you know, particularly in hospitality land, these could be beers, well, in fact, all three of these are beers that reps gave me. Yeah. And you just never know whether they've been in the back of a reps car for a, yeah. two months beforehand. When and they're it, rolling around and 
it uh, makes such a difference. We've done little tests before just to prove it that like, you know, a week sitting in the sun in the back of a rep's car will ruin a beer. Yeah. Like absolutely ruin it. But I'm just uh, my a, three, yeah. Just having a look now, they're all pretty much macro beers of, um, you know, either light beers from macros or a couple of beers that were disasters. Um, there's one brewery that is out of business now that um, I don't think I should name just in all <laughs> um, There's, yeah, a couple from, you know, like Miller and the Forex Bright Lager Time and uh, the, the Pure Blonde Ultra Low Craft. Um, so, mm. yeah, there's a low Heineken there. Ton Light, I reckon that is a shocker. <laughs> I didn't even know they made it. I don't even yeah. see the point. <laughs> Um, and there was one from a local brewery here recently that wasn't what it said. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't want to put them in it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. But do you, do you happen to know what the lowest rated beer is? You know, sort of of a reasonable yeah. number. Like you know, there, I, I, there was a a Reddit one um, I had to find on there because I don't think you could. There's no way to look on the app for the lowest rated yep. beer. Um, and there was a, a Reddit thread and there was a couple of American ones just from the macro breweries that looked like absolute shockers and they were getting average ratings in the ones. It takes a fair bit of effort to actually get that many. You know, if you've got like mm. a thousand reviews and they've all put it around there, it's yep. got to be pretty short. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else we got? Well, I reckon, mate, is there anything else that you want to spruik for the good people of Untapped just to make sure that we know that, you know, all that we can, we can before we wrap things up this afternoon? Um, I could mention Untapped for Business. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, oh, sorry, absolutely go for it. Yes. Yep. So, um, and I get nothing out of this, by the way. I get no kickbacks, no royalties, no commission, uh, but Untapped. Hopefully a free hat or something every now and then. Yeah. Uh, a free T-shirt. Or a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Untapped don't sell advertising on the app or the website, so they do have to make money to keep the lights on, and it, it is it is a business like anything else. Um, so they need to try and make money. So one one of the first ways was through the supporter account that I've mentioned. Another way is yep. being a, a verified venue, so Untapped for business. So you've probably seen some venues around that have their Untapped menu on a TV, hmm. a bar, and you yep. can also put at the bottom uh, the recent check-ins at the bar when we're allowed to go to bars that is uh, so you can publish your menu to uh, the untapped app so people can subscribe to your untapped venue and you can get a pop-up saying when a beer has been added and you can put um, whether you've got a bottle what size the bottle or the can is um, how many mils what price point it is for a single or a four pack or when we're allowed to drink on draft how much you know what size vessels you're offering because you know every state in australia has different names for different sizes yes <laughs> um, so you can call it you know a pot or a pint or a schooner or a midi or whatever and put put your price points for all of them and because uh, you know some of the, the bigger beers you, you know of 10 plus percent they're not going to be selling in pints so mm -hmm. um so and you'd hope not keeping with your drink responsibly theme yeah from and, and I, I can say from my point of view because i am a you know, I am an untapped nerd, unashamedly. Um, I'll always check verified venues to see what's around or I used to when we could go out. And sometimes I'd base 
going out and, and there'd be enough interesting beers at a place to go, I'd like to go there and, and try that. And then that leads to more beers. So it's hard to quantify that and sell it to someone who hasn't got it because you don't know if, you know, if someone's not going there because they've read a menu for some, somewhere else, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. So totally. It, it can be a difficult sell, but I think it's worth it. Well, mate, thank you for coming on this afternoon and thank you for giving us all that little spiel. We're going to look forward to uh, to checking out Warren Wu's first official uh, upload and we'll... Um, oh, I've got we'll, to find that other account. Or you can find your other account. Um, Damien, do you want to share your login or would you rather people just find you if they know you? What no, no, you they can find me. Um, absolutely. So my uh, handle is D-A-I-M-O, so Damo. So you can add me as a friend um, and from there... Also, if anyone has any questions about Untapped, my Facebook profile is on there, so you can shoot me a message on there. Um, so you can shoot direct messages via Untapped if you are friends. It is pretty limited and rudimentary. Um, so if you want to, you know, if you've got a hassle with a beer that you want correcting, you can send it to me, or you can just um, suggest an edit. I'm always happy to help and happy to answer questions. And if I don't know the question, I can find out. Um, but there's a lot of questions that. I do get asked a lot. Um, one of them at the moment is whether Untapped's going beyond level 100 and that won't be happening for the foreseeable future. So. It's a bit like Pokemon level 40. If you, if you combine the two, it would be a, uh, you know, yep. that, would be a, that would be a thing to see. Yeah. It's the beauty of drinking at the Royal Mail. Not only can you um, add many new beers to your Untapped account, you can also spin the Royal Mail uh, Pokestop and get your Pokeballs at the same time. So... I know that, that I know that for Kim and Luke, that's one of the main attractions that we have. <laughs> um, so Damo is D A I M O on Untapped, and as we said earlier, one of the best ways to um, enjoy the app is if you've got a few friends. And so, absolutely, if you're, if you're listening in and going, I'd like to join, but I don't know whether anyone else is there. You can you can look for Damo. You can look for me. I'm David, spelled D A V Y double D. So David Griffiths. I think I'm pretty confident I'll be the only David Griffiths on there. And um, don't bother looking for Warren Wu because he's got nothing else on there. I don't know, Trev. Do you want to share your I've one? I've got nothing on there. Uh, mine at uh, demo because I may as well start somewhere. Yeah, I'm very original. Mine is just my name, so Travis Bristow. Not I'm, Bristos. Just not Bristos. Just Bristow. Like spelled correctly this time. Um, so just my full name. Um, yeah. Excellent stuff. Let's wrap that up there, gents. But thank you, Damo, for coming thank on. You. And um, I look forward to the day that you and I can sit down in the same room and drink some of those amazing beers. That Absolutely. We've, um, Likewise. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Damo. Thank you. Hey there, Cool Room listeners, we've got a little ad for you. No, we're not asking for money so that you can advertise quality mattresses, razors, or any of those other sort of things that seem to get advertised on podcasts. What we're looking for is other fun podcasts that would like to share a 30-second ad with our listeners, letting everyone know why they're so great, and in return, letting us share a 30-second ad for The Cool Room. We know that right now there's a whole lot of people who are looking for fun new podcasts to help them while away their isolation hours, so if you've got something to share, drop us a line via our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Right, add over.